This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to Danny Z of Z-Bucks. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce Adult Site Broker Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With Adult Site Broker Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check our website at adultsitebroker.com for more details. First of all today, let's cover some of the news going on in our industry. New Mexico artist and activist Roger Montoya, who had been targeted by a stigmatizing campaign by a local conservative blog that revealed he had performed in gay adult movies in his youth, has won a seat in the New Mexico House of Representatives following last Tuesday's election. In early October, right-wing website Pinion Post published an unconfirmed rumor identifying Montoyo, who was the Democratic candidate for a northern New Mexico state house seat, as someone who once performed in gay adult films under the names Joe Savage or Eric Martinez. Montoya later confirmed via his Facebook page that he appeared in adult films when he was a struggling college student nearly four decades ago. According to the results from the New Mexico races reported by the New York Times, despite the nationally publicized outing of his sex work background, Montoya defeated his Republican opponent 57 to 43 percent. The chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce, had vocally attempted to pressure Montoya to drop out of the race after the conservative blog reported the rumor. Tuesday's victory makes Montoya New Mexico's first openly gay state house member. Congratulations to him. Penthouse has announced Lacey Lennon has been named the 2020 Pet of the Year. She'll be honored at a private gathering to celebrate her crowning later this month. Lennon appeared as Pet of the Month in the November 2019 issue of the Legacy Adult magazine. Her 2020 Pet of the Year spread is available now to subscribers of Penthouse. Being chosen for Pet of the Year has given me a sense of responsibility of empowering others around me, said Lennon. It is something special that I could keep all to myself, which could possibly turn into narcissism, instead sharing what has been given to me by making people feel good, inspired, motivated, and empowered is something I feel is now a duty of mine. I want people to know they are loved. Penthouse COO Moose commented that Lacey is the epitome of what it means to be a penthouse pet. Her striking beauty, both inside and out, is celebrated among industry colleagues, and she is the perfect choice for our penthouse pet of the year. My heartfelt congratulations go out to Lacey for all of her hard work and dedication. It is well-deserved. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a novelty manufacturer and website with pop culture-themed silicone products. Their products are niche, yet relevant to mainstream audiences, and are incredibly shareable, as evident by the hundreds of articles written about the brand on outlets such as Playboy, Vice, BuzzFeed, Mashable, Penthouse, Lad Bible, Cosmo, Nerdist, Refinery29, PopSugar, and more. 
They also have a diehard community of more than 40,000 social media followers, in addition to their email list of over 10,000. All traffic to the website is self-created. No ads have ever been purchased. The traffic is all organic, social, and direct. This company can and has been run by two people part-time, or it could be scaled up or merged with a much larger company with very minimal effort. The company has incredible potential for expansion, but it also has a solid four years of history of year-over-year growth and a huge community of dedicated fans. All manufacturing equipment is provided with everything needed to continue running the business, including all product molds and related materials. Also included is about $50,000 worth of product stock. You get all this for only $675,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Danny Z of Z-Bucks. Danny, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for um, asking me to join you. Hey, it's a pleasure, Danny. Uh, now, Danny is the owner of affiliate programs uh, Z-Bucks and Dick Bank, plus the site PeterFever.com. The company's excellent affiliate tools, top-notch support, and industry-leading payouts have made their affiliate programs and membership sites some of the most well-recognized in the industry, especially in the gay space. Danny is an adult film producer and a 20-year industry veteran. I bet that makes you feel old. Uh, <laughs> Don't give away my, uh, <laughs> my secrets. <laughs> In addition to his own studio websites, he also runs pay sites and affiliate programs for a diverse group of studios and uh, porn stars, including uh, Dominic Pacifico, Axel Abyss, Yoshi Kawasaki, and Venix Lux. He's also done consulting work for companies such as Titan Men, GameLink, and Adam and Eve. You know, one, you know, one thing I wanted to ask, besides some of the topics we discussed before, you have moved around a lot. The first time I, uh, I uh, knew you, you lived here in Thailand and Bangkok when we both lived there. Uh, gave us a chance to break bread a bit. Um, uh, then my hometown of San Francisco. Now you're in my dad's hometown of Chicago. I said, so all those, all those cities have a connection to me. Um, so, uh, how's, how are all those places, how are all those places different? Um, they are all very different actually. Um, Bank uh, I'm originally actually from LA. So that's one of the ones that wasn't on your list. Um, but, Sorry. uh, I <clears throat> I um I got into making uh, adult websites in my early 20s and um had some friends making websites in Thailand and were like you know why don't you come on over and you know your your money will go far here so um so that's kind of what happened and I moved there I loved it I lived in Thailand for 10 years um <clears throat> but you know there came a point where I was like you know I wanted to kind of be able to branch out and have more, um, you know, meet more people in the industry and be on, I worked with everyone in the U S and it, I got so um, tired of staying up till six in the morning every day to be able to talk to people. So, um, yeah. so, so, um, so I decided to move back to, uh, San Francisco, um, which was a complete opposite in a way because I went from someplace with a really, you know, um, it's possible to live pretty cheaply, as you know, in Thailand. 
And then moving to San Francisco, <laughs> where it's a, a tiny apartment is $3,000 a month. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I was able to grow the business when I moved to San Francisco, and um, that that made up for it. And um, <clears throat> Uh, and San Francisco, um, San Francisco is a very fun city, uh, as you know. Um, but I was looking at, um, you know, wanting to be able to finally own some property or real estate. So Chicago, it's just um, a lot more possibilities. And I love all the architecture and the buildings and everything in Chicago. And I had a little bit of yeah. the same aesthetic as San Francisco with um, being very walkable and great public transportation. So ended up here um and i'm still here and um i i think it's a great city uh, so so uh yeah just uh, very walkable except on the south side um so uh <laughs> so uh tell me how you got your start in the industry yeah so i got my start so i um I was first working for um, Out and the Advocate magazines. I actually studied journalism way back when, um, and I was mm-hmm. doing writing and stuff like that. And um, uh, Out and Advocate also at the time owned Freshmen and Men magazines, um, or, or an, and Unzipped was their other one. Um, so I sort of kept getting assignments on the porn side with, you know, writing erotic stories and you know, editing some of the stuff. Um, so through that, I made contacts in the adult industry, uh, first with uh, Morgan, who I know you know. Um, oh, yeah, former a uh, past guest on the, on the uh, podcast. Exactly, yeah. So he, he was kind of my first introduction to the gay porn side of things, um, and I, I did some mm-hmm. writing for their magazine, Um and through him, I um, I got introduced actually to a company called Adult Check, which you might remember. Um, so um, I met the people at Adult Check, and um, you know they offered me a lot more money than I was making working for the magazines. So uh, to to um, to manage their uh, at the time they had something called Adult Check Gay. So I got hired basically to manage that product. So. Um, and that's kind of when I learned about um, how to build websites. And at that time, they were AVS sites, which were really easy to make. Or you could slap 50 photos and no basic HTML and, you know, start getting some nice checks. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that was kind of how I got my start. And then um, and that kind of ties into how I ended up in Thailand. Um, one of our top webmasters um, lived in Thailand and, um, so the first time I went, it was actually to do some work with them. And, um, and I liked it so much there. I just ended up, um, uh, making plans to move there. Um, and, um, by that point, I, um, for, fortunately with adult check, they also let you make your own sites. So I had started making some income off of my own sites. And, um, at first, when I moved there, I was still working for Adult Check, but eventually um, I kind of just branched on, out on my own. And that's when I, a little later, I started doing pay sites as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so where'd you, where'd you go from there? I mean, obviously now you're one of the, uh, one of the major owners in the, uh, in the uh, gay space. 
Uh, how did you go from that point to where you're you're at today? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a long story, but um, I um, so uh, in the beginning, um, nobody was really filming content in Asia, so I saw kind of a a hole there, like nobody. Um, you know, I thought Asian men were sexy and there were no, there's only Mm -hmm. one site I know of at the time that was really catering to Asian men, which was, um, called AsianGuys.com. Um, but, um, you know, the content was pretty, uh, amateur. Um, there wasn't really, you can uh, say it, it was bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear it in your voice, Danny. I know you too well. (laughs) Um, so there's that. And then also that content, there was no like Japanese guys. It was very much just one, you know, one type of model. So, um, so the first site I actually started was called Japan boys. And the reason was at that time, there was not a single site that had uncensored content of Japanese men. Um, and I was going back and forth between Japan and Thailand. I'd go to Japan and um, you know, I, I built a little crew there and, you know, I'd go back and forth and film. So Japan boys is still one of our sites and, um, it still does pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, so yeah, I kind of just moved on from there and then I kind of built the affiliate program just by making connections with, um, other studios and porn stars that, um, you know, that they had content, but they didn't really know how to market it online. And from my time at Adult Check, I really learned a lot about um, online marketing. So, you know, at the time it was like TGPs and, um, you know, making galleries and submitting to link lists and SEO and all that kind of stuff. So I um, I really got a lot of uh, knowledge um, out of that. And I, you know, since, um, mm-hmm. you know, I knew there was not at that time you know, there was just a small handful of gay affiliate programs. So when I launched Z-Bucks, right. um, it, there were very few gay affiliate programs. The only ones I can remember that were around back then, um, actually Harlan from Pride Bucks launched the same year I did. Um, and we became hmm. pretty close um, because of that, you know, just trading information. And um, he was always a kind of a, you know, a shining light. You know, he always had great advice and, he was um, a very, a very nice guy, as you know. I'm sure everybody remembers. But um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so so that's kind of just how it grew. And um, just over the years, I've you know, I've been fortunate to you know have meet other great partners, like some of the ones you mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, and just kind of mm-hmm. continue to to build from there. It's just kind of like. Um, almost like empire building, you know, you start with, you know, one side and then, you know, you put stack a couple more on top and it kind of, you know, and, and because I think we have a good reputation, we've never missed a payout, you know, people know that we're a, a company that they can trust. Um, and they talk about it to people. So, you know, we actually get people coming to us and, you know, if it's a good fit and, you know, um, and they're, uh, they, you know, they're looking for a partner where, we're always happy to talk to them and see what we can work out. Great. Now, obviously, COVID has been a dirty word throughout the world this year. How has it impacted your business? 
So interestingly, right after it happened, um, the first two months were record months from for us. So like at first I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I hope COVID never ends. Um, not really, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but for the two first two months, everybody was stuck at home. At that time, I think the financial impact of it didn't really hit yet. So exactly. So yeah, so the first two months were were really good as far as you know, like I said, record month for sales, profit, everything. But then the third month, we started seeing things kind of change. First, um, some of our producers were no longer, you know, they ran out of content. So we didn't have as many updates. We had to figure out ways to do either trades or, mm-hmm. um, or if it had a, you know if it was recycling content or you know whatever. Um, so that so around the third and fourth months after the pandemic, it, it did kind of hit us, and um, you know things went. You know that we never really you know suffered terribly, but it did go down to what we were before the pandemic, basically. Um, So, and that brings us, you know, to the last few months, the last three or four months, which have, um, which have actually been pretty steady. We've been fortunate in that, you know, we have studios in Asia. So in Asia, they really don't have any problems. Like one of our studios is in Taiwan. We have a new site called, Mm -hmm. and they're uh, based in Taiwan. So what's it, what's it called? Oh, it's called G dude gdudejp.com mm. um, okay so that's a studio in taiwan where there's zero cases and they just everything's normal so they're you know there's no lapse yep. of filming yep. and we were able to hire them to film for some of our asian other asian sites um so that kind of helped a lot there and uh, we were able to go back to producing in japan as well so on the asia side our sites have actually continued to increase um, because there's really been no slowdown of content. Um, It's been a little more difficult with our uh, American studios. Um, We work with um, quite a few American studios. So I don't know if you know, uh, Alternadudes is one of them. Uh, Dirty Boy Video, trying to think what other. um, uh, uh, Dominic Pacifico, although he was filming in Brazil, which also, you know, he hasn't been able to get back over there with everything going on. So, um, so yeah, really with, um, we're still in a phase where we're having to, uh, do trades and stuff, but fortunately, um, we've just started for our, um, for our own studios to do production again. Um, now with uh, the talent testing, we're doing the full panel COVID tests, for all the models and because the most important thing for me is just that all the models are safe, that the crew is safe. You know, I don't want anybody to get sick um, on our sets. So um, we're very fortunate that, you know, talent testing in LA and Vegas have been great with um, being able to get everybody tested. So just within the last uh, three months, um, we've been able to start production again, which um, has helped our sales go back up, of course, because they they really tie in together. Um, yeah. So I think so. I think we're heading in, you know, a good direction. Um, mm-hmm. Good. Good. Now, besides COVID, what are other challenges your 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 business is facing today? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's the same challenges we've 
you know, seen for the last 10 years. Um, but um, there's, you know, a few that are a little bit newer. Of course, there's like, you know, the, the piracy and the, um, you know, all the free content on tube sites and stuff like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. but um, also more recently, and I don't know if I call it a challenge, but it's something that we had to adapt to is all the fan sites. Um, and sure. Yeah. Because, you know, even with hiring models these days, it's a lot more difficult because the models will say something like, um, you know, I'm not, you know, we've, we've been refused by, you know, uh, stars that, um, that have large followings on their fan sites or whatever, because they say they don't want to, hurt their brand by doing studio porn or things like that, you know, which I think is a little funny because what I try to tell these guys is, look, if you work for a studio, it actually helps your, um, your fan site, um, because we're promoting you to all our followers. Um, you know, we work with a porn star, we're, you know, putting their, uh, Twitter handle out there and we're retweeting them. And, you know, um, so I think, and I think things are gradually changing where now, you know, these guys are seeing that um, and we are, you know, um, starting to be able to work with, you know, together with um, with the porn stars. And there, I actually just watched um, yesterday, uh, I don't know if you know, the X-Biz Berlin, they're doing a virtual show. This uh, They were doing it the last couple of days. Um, but there was mm-hmm. a pretty interesting uh, topic about how we can work together with the porn stars. So, for example, um, if uh, just for fans were able to have the porn stars linked to the studio site with an affiliate code and, you know, we could link to their fan site with an affiliate code. Um, and he's working on something of that effect, which I think is a really great idea and it'll it'll allow studios and porn stars to really work together more. Um, and so I think that's mm-hmm. what's going to be happening in the future. I think that's how we're all adapting with this new reality and, um, you know, going to be able to work, um, you know, form a stronger collaboration with the stars. Sure. Sure. Now, currently, what is your biggest website and uh, what uh, how are you looking to grow it in the next year? So our our biggest uh, website is Peter Fever. Um, And what we've done with that is we've really tried to focus on. um, Excuse me, on um, having storylines that are, um, you know, unique and different and that can grab attention. Um, mm-hmm. you know, our, our last, the movie we just released a couple weeks ago is called zombie cum suckers. <laughs> and, um, interesting. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, the whole Halloween theme and it was you know kind of a, a parody of some of the zombie movies. So it's pretty comedic where they're all, you know, they eat somebody's cum and then they turn into a zombie and there's some kind of hokey specialist. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was a fun one to make. Um, so just, so I think um, what we've really done well with Peter Fever is doing these kind of parody films um, or even some films that kind of have a little message like we, um, like I write some of them or I have a couple screenwriter friends that write for me. Um, and what we're also trying to do is, um, you know, kind of break the stereotypes of Asian men being really passive and feminine. 
um, and show that, you know, Asian men are sexy and hot. So, and, you know, giving them leading roles in these kinds of movies, um, which, you know, none of, none of the other, um, studios are currently. So I think that's, that's kind of where we're at with Peter Fever. Uh, but I think, I think just by continuing to, I mean, we basically try to outdo ourselves on every movie we do with Peter Fever. Um, we do have some kind of one-off scenes in between, but for the actual movies, we're always trying to make the next one better than the last one. Um, and we've had some pretty good films, like The Gay Avengers is one that um, that did really well for us. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of what it is. We just want to just make interesting movies that maybe have some messages and maybe we can get more eyeballs on it just by doing something that's really unique and different and, and, you know, staying relevant with um, the crazy times we live in. Sure. I remember when Peter started the site, uh, you know, and we, we were talking about what they were going to do. Sounds like it's come a long way. Um, now, uh, where do you see the adult industry going in the next five years or so? Yeah. So, um, that's a good question. I think um, I think it is kind of moving. It goes a little bit back to what I was saying about us working in closer collaboration with the porn stars and finding ways, more ways we can work together um, and not look at each other as just competition. Um, so I think that's one thing. But I also think after the COVID age, that um, kind of like a rock band goes on tour, I think we're going to see more of porn studios going on tour and you know, doing live performances or, you know, meet and greets or signing autographs or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think if we could create an actual live experience for our fans, um, mm. it's people have always asked for. And we, we have successfully um, done actually Peter Fever Nights at several clubs. Um, we did something for Gay Days a couple years ago. Um, and people really like that. So I think if there's, I, I think as uh, things keep, technology keeps progressing and stuff, just finding ways to to have a closer connection with fans and um, whether it be in person or something even virtual. Um, but I, I kind of think that's the direction that it's going to go in. Okay. Now, what trends have you seen in uh, in adult affiliate marketing in your time in the business? It's certainly changed a lot, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, um, like back in the days when I was doing adult check, um, it was funny because the big thing was you'd want to make as many sites as you could as fast as possible because when you were on top of the adult check link lists, you would automatically get five to 10 sales just from people clicking on the new sites on the link list. So mm -hmm. uh, that, that was like, you know, back at that time, um, it was, you know, very different. <laughs> um, so, uh, but then it kind just of, a bit. yeah. So it's, it's really changed, um, you know, over the years. I mean, I'm sure you remember when everything was about getting galleries on the hunt. Um, mm -hmm. But he was making the TTP galleries, um, and that you know that was a great money baker back in the day for affiliates. Um, yep. But these days, you know, we don't you know galleries. They still exist. 
they get the occasional sale here or there, but um, I'd say it's very low on the uh, totem pole. Um, but we still have blogs that do well. Um, review review mm-hmm. sites still do real still do really well. I feel like there's still some of these traffic sources from the old school marketing that still work, um, but a lot of the younger affiliates either don't know about them or that's just not how they promote. So with most of our new affiliates, they're making sales either from their social media, like Twitter's the biggest one, of sure. course. Um, also, bloggers um, do quite well. Um, to I'm sorry, what? Bloggers. So blog. Oh, right. um, and um, tube sites, of course, are the other big one. So um, it's really kind of, I think, um, you know, with technology, you know, people want, you know, they really want like the video, like the free video content that's served to them very fast. So that's why Twitter's, you know, so huge now. Um, and tube sites still are very big. Um, so those are oh, yeah. basically, those are definitely the, the two top traffic sources. But you can, if you have a quality blog or a quality review site that people trust, it's still possible to, um, you know, get a lot of sales and get really good high converting traffic um, from those. So, um, so that's that's kind of uh, what I've seen from the people that are promoting us. Okay. Now, uh, tell us about some of the sites you run and any new sites you've added lately. Yeah. So, um, the new, the last uh, site we added is um, the G Dude site, which I told you about. Um, that was a few months ago. Um, basically, what that is is um, one of our uh, porn stars and that lives in uh, Taiwan and has a very big following. Um, we had hired him for Peter Fever as a model. Um, and then I, you know, come to find out he's got this huge fan base and, um, you know, over a hundred videos that, um, he really only marketed in Chinese to, uh, an Asian audience. So that's, Mm. um, yeah, so that was kind of a perfect fit for us. Um, because what we like to do is, um, take videos that haven't really been seen before and promote them to a Western audience. Uh, it's kind of the same thing that, you know, we've done in the past with, uh, Japan boys and some of our other sites. So, um, yeah, so that, that site's already off to a really good start. Um, and, um, it's really just, you know, Asian muscle men and, um, you know, some kind of fun storylines also and stuff like that. So that, that's the newest one. And we also, another site is, um, another one of our newer sites is, uh, Yoshi Kawasaki. He's, a um, mm-hmm. Japanese porn star, um, but he's filmed for a lot of European studios. Um, and, uh, he just decided to, um, you know, start his own brand, but of doing very high quality productions. Um, and also very, um, you know, he's kind of a fisting, you know, more extreme, uh, porn star. Um, so, Mm -hmm. Uh, his content's very unique. It's kind of artistic at the same time. Um, so that's another one that's um, mm. because it's, it's very different than anything else out there. You know, it'll be like, you know, him eating ice cream off of somebody's butthole or whatever. But, you know, but mm. it's, novel. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I think because it is, I think that's the thing you want. You need something to, you need content that kind of stands out and cuts through the noise these days, especially with Twitter where people have such short attention spans. So you want to do something that's unique and different. That's going to be like, Oh, that's, I've never seen that before. You know, I got to see what's going to, no, you know, I got to say, I got to say, Danny, I have never seen anyone eat ice cream off of somebody's butthole. That, (laughs) that I absolutely have to agree with you with. Exactly. So now you want the link. I'm going to have to send it to you. (laughs) Uh, okay, you go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's as 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 he says to the straightest of the straight? Asher, ah, sure, send me the link. What the hell? Now I'm now I'm not now you got now you got me curious. <laughs> so what is your? <laughs> hey man, you know me, Dan. I'm from San Francisco. Like, like anything phases me. You're from San Francisco, and you lived up in Pattaya. There's nothing you haven't seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, in Bangkok, man. They don't call it Bangkok for nothing, as you well know. So, what is your favorite movie you produced, and why? Um. So I would say that the the favorite, the the best movie that I produced, or my favorite. Um, just because it was the most fun to make is a movie called The Deuce, um, which was a Peter Fever movie. And uh, basically what it is, is it's like it was a parody of uh, the 70s. So we went out and we bought all these crazy 70s outfits and we found this <laughs> um, gay resort in um, Georgia that um, – just was like so perfect for this movie because I swear to God, like they had a disco that's straight out of the seventies rooms had (laughs) these furniture in them. It was almost like, okay, we have to make this a seventies parody. Um, so we just had a lot of fun with it. We had like, um, you know, we dressed up as pimps from, you know, seventies pimps and like, um, you know, we had a really fun storyline. All the porn stars that were on that shoe were just so much fun to work with. Um, and they, you know, we all just had a, a great time. It was like being on vacation and, um, you know, cause we all, you know, had rooms, uh, it's, it was at, um, it was called, it's called the Parliament house. I'd love to, um, promote them because they were, you know, they were very kind to us. Um, the Parliament house. Yeah. The Parliament house in Georgia, um, the complex mm. called the metropolitan complex, an interesting piece of, uh, trivia is that um they're actually the largest gay resort in the united states so they um Ah, yeah and they just let us have the run of the place so we were able to film wherever we wanted um wait wait a minute wait a minute in georgia (laughs) yeah believe it or not (laughs) i was surprised too and it's clothing optional they have like three swimming pools and um so yeah so that was uh that was a lot of fun to shoot. Um, so, and I think the movie came out great too. Because and, of, and, the, and the proud, the proud boys haven't shown up with their AR-15s yet, huh? Not yet, surprisingly. The funny Thank thing God. I found is that, and for as conservative as it is, because I've been around, I've done some traveling around the South, and for how conservative and it being the Bible Belt, but then certain things are just like, yeah, let's get naked. That's totally fine. <laughs> like. You go to Atlanta and, you know, 
the the strippers just get fully naked they'll they'll dance on your lap they'll do whatever and it's like wait mm-hmm. what's happening yeah I so just... i yeah so i hear <laughs> been there done that yeah. um yeah i uh oh. and i think atlanta atlanta proper does actually have a pretty big gay scene don't they they do they do yeah they have a very big gay scene. Mm-hmm. our um our employee andy just moved to atlanta a few months ago so more reason to get over there now I guess so. You'll have to excuse the good humor man's coming by with his dippy music right now. Okay, so um, uh, I see you have a YouTube series called Between Two Cocks. Uh, Can you tell me about that and what are your plans for new episodes? Um, yeah, so that was a very fun. Besides, besides, besides the fact you said you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna uh, interview me on there. Yes, I definitely need to have you on that show. <laughs> um, so basically what it is, I don't know um, if you've ever seen it. If not, I recommend watching it. But there's a, uh, a show called Between Two Ferns. Um, you can find it on uh, YouTube. Yes. Yeah. yeah, with Zach. So, I, saw when, I saw when Obama was on. That was pretty hilarious. Exactly, yeah. They're very funny. Um, so I thought it would be fun just to make a, a porn version of that, uh, where it's basically just me interviewing someone and I stick two giant dildos on a table and we sit and talk between the two dildos <laughs> instead of the two. Uh, 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 <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so uh, I started it like right before the pandemic. And um, my first guest was um, one of my business partners who's um, who, de- who runs Alternadudes. Um, he also does some of the shooting for uh, Peter Fever. Um, mm. So we just we just sat there, drank some uh, margaritas, and took the piss out of each other <laughs> for like 15 minutes. But <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Um, so I wanted so I, I plan to do more episodes, um, but then with the pandemic and everything, it's hard to you know sit down in person with anybody. So I do hope that once things are better, I can get, you know, you on the show. I'd love to get some more, uh, you know, some more of the industry people that we all know and love on there. Yeah. Bring those dildos to a show for sure. You should probably, uh, you should (laughs) probably, you should probably figure out how to, uh, how to do it virtually. That is, yeah, that's a good idea. I had, I was thinking about doing that that way. I've never done, you know, a virtual, I don't know how to record it. I'd have to like, you know, I'd have to research how to do that. But yeah, that would definitely be a way to do it in the meantime. Um, but I, Danny, you're a produ- you're a producer for Christ's sake. I don't oh, think it's too much of a reach to think you can figure it out. Oh, I'm sure I could. It's just one of those things. So many things on the the table. <laughs> but I do Tell definitely um, love the idea of just packing a couple dildos when, you know, we can go back to the shows and. You know, everybody's already a little drunk and because I want people to be, you know, really kind of have fun with it and, you know, let their hair down. You know, I don't want to do a real serious kind of interview because they're just meant to be more fun. Um, But, you know, with some little tidbits of truths and information in there. So so what what do you what do you got planned for that coming up? Well, I I had um, I was told that Tim Valenti would do it. Um, So hopefully I'll sorry who? Uh, Tim Valenti, who I'm not sure if you. Oh, uh, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, yeah, Tim Valenti, who needs to return my call about doing this podcast. But anyway, yeah, I, I know Tim. 
maybe he'll listen to this one and it'll convince him. <laughs> he better. Exactly. <laughs> Who else? Um, I had some porn stars in mind. Um, I'm trying to think if I can remember who they were. Uh, I know I had talked to Wesley Woods about it, but now that he's not in the industry anymore, um, and he's focusing on his comedy career, although the fact that he's a porn star that went to comedy, maybe this would be a good thing for him to do. I, I think he'd be, I think he'd be perfect, especially if he's, if he's funny enough to be a comedian. Oh yeah, he's a riot. And that's kind of what I want to do oh, is cool. get funny people. Cause I really want to, um, you know, make it something that's kind of funny and, um, you know, because right. I think there's just, you know, there is so much serious and depressing and everything in the world right now. So yeah, 200, 220,000 dead is kind exactly, of just exactly. 220,000, isn't it? Well, when I'm on, I'll be happy to put my comedy hat on if that'll make you happy. Oh, yeah, that'll make me very happy. <laughs> I know you are, Danny. And that's one of the things I love about you, man. Well, hey, I'd really like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk. And I really hope we'll get a chance to do this again very, very soon. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I can't wait you to get you in between those two cocks. My broker tip today is part four of how to buy a website. Last week, we discussed making an offer and deciding the best price for the site you're buying. Once you've made your offer, the work begins. If you're working with a broker like, say, oh, I don't know, adult site broker, we handle the negotiation for you. Let's say the seller doesn't accept your offer. They may make a counteroffer. If you decide that you're willing to pay more, you can either accept their counteroffer or counter back to them. A good rule of thumb is to always leave room to negotiate. So don't make an offer that is the absolute most you're willing to pay. If you do that, then you have nowhere to go if the owner counters your offer. Once the owner and you have come to a deal, then it's time to do some due diligence beyond what it is you've already done. During the initial process of looking at the site, you should have asked some questions, like in the case of a pay site, how many joins and rebills there are per day, and any other pertinent questions. During due diligence, you need to make sure everything is where you need it to be technically to integrate it with what you're already doing. You may even get your developer involved if you're not tech savvy. You and or your developer should ask these pertinent questions. Once these are answered to your satisfaction, you should either have the seller or yourself draw up a sales agreement. I always tell my clients to do the agreement. Why? Because that way you can dictate the terms. So whether you're the buyer or the seller, you can make the rules. However, just be ready to have the seller's attorney change some of those rules. Nothing is final until everything is signed off on. Another thing we do for our clients is to do a letter of intent prior to the sales agreement being done. This gives your attorney a roadmap for the agreement. The letter of intent and more so the agreement, will have all of the terms involved, including who pays for everything. Who pays for escrow, for instance. This can be paid by the buyer, the seller, or split between both parties. We'll talk more about this subject next week. And next week we'll be talking to Patrick from Feet Finder. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Danny Z. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.